Well, God bless you. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe the Bible to be the inspired word of God? Something that's not only to be listened to or read, which we should do both, but also to be trusted and obeyed. Let me see your hand if you believe that the word of God is just like that. Wow, I would say the majority, if not all. So I'm gonna put some things together today. And I'm believing that you'll see the word and how it works. It relates to you and me and our relationship together on planet Earth, okay, while we're here, and how that makes up the church. So last time I, I gave you a statement, and by the way, my, my beautiful wife preached an incredible uh, word on Mother's Day. Let's give it up for the first lady of the house. Thank you, honey, for that word. She did such a great job. And I respect what she has to say, and so we, we wanted her to break into the, the series. But a couple weeks ago, I gave you the statement. I said this, the church is the consciousness of God in society. Let me say it again. The church is the consciousness of God in society. If the church becomes more irrelevant, then the world becomes more irreverent. The more we don't know who we are as a people, the more we wander around in the wilderness and not really know who we are as a people, the more the world will go to hell, excuse me, but in a hell handbasket, as they say. And that's why, and I'm not, listen, we should be praying, and we have already prayed for Santa Fe and for the students and the parents and the ones that lost uh, their, their, their loved ones and what a terrible, horrific thing that is. But the fact of the matter is, when we have less of the influence of the church, less of the influence of the word of God in society, we see more and more of that kind of evil and devastation and destruction. Can somebody at least say yes to that? Amen. And, and we, we see it over and again. And so that's why I feel it's so important to talk about these things. We can't blame the world for what we are unwilling to fix by the Spirit of God. We got a lot of complaining Christians that fold their arms and sit back and, 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 and just you know, want to complain about what's going wrong, what they don't like, or what they dislike, or their opinion on this or on that. But God is looking for people that are filled with action and that want to engage their world, engage their society, engage the workplace, engage their neighborhoods, not sit back. Anybody can sit back and complain. Anybody can sit back and go, oh, isn't it bad out there? And we can all find bad news and kind of rally around that and talk about how bad it is and, and open up a box of Kleenex and come on and be crying all day long. But God is looking for people that's more reactionary that will say, look, we got, we're here. We got the best message on planet Earth. And we can bring people together through the lordship of Jesus Christ. We can do it, but we won't do it. Most don't do it because they're unwilling to engage the world they actually live in. And when we're willing to engage, that's when great things begin to happen. But we need each other. We need each other. We can't have some people over here and some people over there and everybody doing their own thing. We got to have each other because that's all we got. We are the family of God and we got to have each other's backs and we got to encourage one another. That's what church is about. When we come to the house of God, we encourage each other. We bless little kids. We tell them there's somebody. And maybe we didn't have that blessing, but we're going to make sure the next generation gets blessed. Somebody say amen to that. I, 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 I'm trying not to preach too hard, but I, it's in my spirit and I feel, I'm filled with passion. How remember, who remembers uh, William Booth? 
William Booth was the founder of the Salvation Army movement, the church and the entire movement. He founded it in 1878. Great man of God, an apostle of God, if you, if you want to call him that. That was his function in the earth. And he probably didn't know it, but that's what God called him to be over in England. And he decided he was going to give all he had to win souls to, to the Lord Jesus. And so he put together this movement. It was almost by accident. He just wanted to touch people. Next thing you know, he changed it, changed it. They said something about it's uh, this kind of movement, that kind of. He said, "No, we are. We're like Paul. What Paul said, and we're engaged in warfare. And um, and the people are not the people we're battling. The people, human beings, are not who we're in battle with, but demonic spirits and demon powers that want to clutch humans and bring them into a place of hell." He said, "But we are engaged in war with them, so we shall be called the Salvation Army." We're like an army of people. By the way, armies are not isolated people over here and over there and everybody just doing what they, what they want to do. But in fact, they have a general who is God who gives orders to the captains on the planet Earth. Come on, somebody. And people in the church, we are the army and we follow. We got marching. We got marching orders to carry out what God said we're to do in the Earth. But his army's got to come together. Too many Christians are AWOL, out doing their own thing. we got to come together, get more discipline, fall into rank and order, and say, yes, sir, come on, to God and follow God with all of our hearts. That's what William Booth decided he was going to do. And he was way before his time. He was ridiculed for this whole thing. They thought it was crazy. He was a Methodist preacher, you know. And now he's starting a new movement called the Salvation Army which now has spread all across not only England and America, but the entire world. They're one of the most noted humanitarian effort groups of all time outside the Red Cross. They feed. They don't care what color skin you are. They don't care if you got AIDS. They don't care if you've been in a horrific storm. They're going to help you out no matter what. And they do it in the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. They have proven themselves. Time And William Booth stepped way outside the box back in 1878. And he said, here's what we're going to do. He said, let's go right into the areas of darkness. Let's be the church. Let's not talk about the church. Let's be the church. And let's go right into the areas of darkness. So he said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go into the pubs. That's right. And the taverns. And the bars and the clubs of those days. Amen. Because that's where people go in and they want to get drunk because they want to forget about their problems because they're so overwhelmed and overweighted with problems. And, and they want to go for some fellowship because they're alone and they want to be around other people. Kind of like a, a pseudo church, if you will. We don't get drunk with wine, come on, but we get drunk in the Holy Ghost. And we got each other to fellowship with. Amen. So the devil tries to do that. He puts gatherings together just like that. And so he said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to infiltrate the bars and the saloons, and the taverns, and we're going to learn all the songs, because we got good musicians. Matter of fact, we got better musicians than them, but we don't want to just learn the song. We want to learn all the songs they're doing on, uh, uh, that's all in right now, and we want to do this. Now we want to change the words. Come on, y'all. And we want to preach the message of Jesus in the bar tunes of the day. They're becoming what? Relevant to society with the old-time gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're going to stand outside the street corners of these taverns. So when they come out half-licked, come on, somebody. They come out drunk as a skunk. They come out, they're going to hear us playing and go, my God, they sound better than the guy in the bar sounds. Let's go over here and listen to their music. I like this. Hey. And they're dancing to the music. Come on. I can't dance. It's the best I got right there. Snake dance. Hey. That's all I got. And, and they start dancing to the music. And they wait, 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 what, what are you saying? 
What do you? And they're talking about Jesus. And they're talking about the blood of the lamb. They're talking about your sins can be forgiven. In the same song of their day. Got their attention. He baited the hook. Jesus taught us to be fishers of men. And the bait was on the hook. And they reeled them in. And those guys got born again. Saved to the bone. And they went out and preached the gospel. What can we do if we all got together? We didn't play church, but we became the church. And we all set aside our, our differences and came to get together on the central message of Jesus Christ. What can we do in Milwaukee? I tell you what we can do. We could turn this city upside down for Jesus in a matter of hours if we could just come together. We've got to invade the culture of the world with the culture of the kingdom. And culture is the beliefs, the customs, the arts, the philosophy. It's the, it's, it, culture expresses one's ideas or thoughts or behaving or their working. And the kingdom of God that Jesus came to preach expresses those beliefs. The kingdom of God is here. That's what the church does. It expresses his kingdom to the world. That's why, that's why Jesus said when you pray, you pray this. You pray your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm going to say that one more time. When we pray as Christians, we are to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How many knows that the will of the Father is absolutely, undeniably being done right now? There's no doubt about it in heaven. The problem is getting his will done on earth. And if we as the people of God can say yes to his will, then his kingdom shows up. And when his kingdom shows up, Milwaukee's got to change. America's got to change. The world has got to change. Because now the culture of the kingdom is coming and invading with its thoughts, its beliefs, its way of doing. Because the kingdom of God is God's method of operation. It's how God works in the earth. It's his way of being right and doing right. It's the exchange system, system from the heaven, which is spiritual, into the natural world. My God, we could do so much if we just come together. There's always a reigning king over every kingdom, its affairs and its citizens. And we just had this wedding with uh, Prince Harry and help with the woman's name, uh, Megan Markle. Is that her name, Markle? And um, she, they just had this beautiful wedding. Two billion people watched this thing. Two billion people. It's crazy. They're into it. That's a, that system is a monarchy. They have a queen who will one day be a king that will rule over a people. It's called a monarchy. In our society, our culture is a democracy. And that means we vote people in and we vote people out. If we don't like them, we vote them out or we vote somebody else new in. But in a real sense, they kind of become a king no matter who they are because they rule over us. There's checks and balances, of course, that are put in place. But they have a kingship anointing. But then there's also another ocracy, and it's called a theocracy. And the word theo simply means God. It means God is king over his people. And the way God's kingdom works, come on, is not by the president of the United States. And it's not by the queen of England. But he says, I'm king and I'm looking for my people to obey my voice. I'm looking for my royal subject to obey what I've got to say. Come on. And when that happens... The culture of your neighborhood changes. The culture of this church will begin to change. The culture of Milwaukee begins to change. So this, I'm in a real, real sense, I don't have time to go into what we talked about last week, but we talked about the church and how Jesus said, he said, Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church. 
and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Which tells me my assignment isn't to be a comfortable life. My assignment, praise God, is to be right at the gate of hell, pushing back the enemy, pushing back Satan from attacking my children, my family, my finances, and my health. Somebody say amen. And my city. So that's my calling and my anointing. That's what the church, he said, my church, I'm building my church to stand against the very powers of hell. And the word church is the Greek word ecclesia. And it means the called out ones with the idea of calling out of one family into another family. That's why the Bible says he called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Called us out of the world into the kingdom of God. So we come out of a people and we go into a new people. We become the family of God. Now we're a part of his kingdom. Jesus said, I will build my church. He said, my church. Are you a part of his church? I know you can be a Christian, but you can still not actually be a part of his system. Not a part of his church. And he's interested in building his church. And he can't build what you're not a part of. And it's hard to build something if all the pieces that you're trying to put together are not there. Hebrews 10, 25 says this. It says, not forsaking. You don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. What's the day approaching? The coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can we not see that Jesus Christ is on his way back to this earth? He's coming back for his people. That day, we should have way more claps than that, y'all. That day has already come. He's coming. I don't know when. You don't know when either. But we know it's very, very, very soon. And we can see the signs of the time that let us know that he's coming. He said, because you see that day, you do not forsake coming together. We're supposed to assemble ourselves together even more as we see the day approaching. And, and that completely throws out the, the idea of getting your church experience online on somebody's website. We got a whole generation, and the old, those that are over 35 in this house, we got to show something here. We got to show that generation you can't get everything you need online. You need community, common unity. You need one another. You need to get together. Come on, y'all. I talk to people all the time, and, 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 and they talk to me online, and they're very, very friendly online. And then when you see them, they kind of look away from me, they're shy, they, can't, they have no social skills. Only the social skills they have is on social media. There's a whole nother world. We need to touch and agree. We need to lay hands upon the sick to see them recover. Uh, Y'all, come on, somebody. By the way, happy birthday. The church is over 2,000 years old today. It's the day of Pentecost. It's the birthday of the church. Over 2,000 years old. And she still looks good. Come on, church. It's Pentecost. So don't mind me if I get a little Pentecostal here today. Hallelujah. This also completely throws out the concept of church. I'll have a little church here, a little church there, a little once in a while, every now and again. How long do you think a marriage would last if it was a marriage of here and there, now and again, once in a while? How long would that last? Not long. Not long. You know why? Because you as a spouse cannot be counted on. 
I'm preaching way better than y'all want to help me today. But I feel the Holy Ghost anyways. Hallelujah. You can't be counted on. Church, God refers to us many times as pieces of the whole, not the whole itself. The world doesn't revolve around Jeff Pruitt. My mother used to say it all the time, all the time. Jeff, the world does not revolve around you. I know you think it does, but it does not. And we all are that way, aren't we? We're all selfish like that. It doesn't revolve. It's all of us coming together with our time, our talent, and our treasure in the kingdom of God to build his house, to establish his kingdom. Somewhere, happens to be here in Milwaukee, but it could be anywhere, wherever God calls his people together. And they're called out to be called in. Say it again. They're called out to be called in. So are you counted in? So you can be counted on. Man, I'm getting deep now, y'all. Are you counted in so you can be counted on? Because we may not take roll call here at Faith Bills. We wouldn't do that. But you know, God does. He does every single time. <sighs> Trying to keep it happy now. First Peter 2, coming to him as to a living stone. That's how we come to him, like a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones, that's who we are, are being built up a spiritual house. And then he says at the bottom of the verse, he said, behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. In 1 Corinthians 3, 9, you are fellow workers of God. You are God's field. You are God's building according to the grace of God which was given to me. You are a piece of the building. You're a piece of it. As a master builder, uh, I have laid the foundation. Paul said, I've laid that foundation who happens to be Jesus Christ and another builds on it. In other words, Jesus is the foundation. The pastor lays that foundation. He lays Jesus as the foundation of the church and the rest build on it. But if you're not here, we can't build on it. Summer's coming, y'all. Why does everybody got a backslide? Why? Go have fun in the sun. Go away for your trips. Come back. It's like I see you waving at Memorial Day. See you Labor Day. I mean, that's what I feel, you know. <laughs> How do we build a house? How do we build the kingdom when the people go, pause, God, sorry, pause. hit the pause button up in heaven. I got some stuff I got to do for the next three months. You lie, you fry. Come on, somebody. Not for three months you don't. But we get in that place and we get funky. We let the devil, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like they eat the blues, you know. I'll tell you, there's so much truth. And I, I got I to gotta, I gotta, I gotta wrap it up. But let me do this real quick. We were not meant to do life alone. We were meant to belong. And when you don't belong, you get sad, lonely, and depressed. Let me tell you something. There are risks when we come together. There are risks that you might feel rejection. There's risks that you might feel uh, that people don't like you or inferior. There's risks that you might not be counted in with the rest of the group. There's all kinds of risks that you might be let down. Okay, I get it. There's truth to that. But it shouldn't deter us from doing what God's asked us to do. We just got to we got to get bold. We got to just, I, I forgive that. I got to move past that. I, I got, I'm called to belong here. I belong here. They may not know it yet, but I belong. We're not meant to do life like the world or even with the world, but as the family of God. I, um, as I was studying this, and I'm going to quit her here. 
I found this, uh, this it's fascinating. I didn't know this. But you know you can take bacteria and take that bacterium and you put it into a Petri dish. How many ever done that in school or seen that? Okay. And you put it, you put it in a Petri dish. And over a short period of time, that thing begins to move a little bit and it's quaking a little bit and shuddering. And all of a sudden, it begins to split. And that bacteria becomes two bacterias and then three and then four and then five. And it keeps splitting. And the little ones, the offshoots, will move around. So the one that, the isolated bacteria made a decision, I can't do life alone. I can't do life alone. So instinctively within the biology of a bacterium, it splits and divides. And it surrounds and it makes a community of others that it can relate to. Ain't got no brain, ain't got no soul, ain't got no spirit, but just knows. Because everything that God makes, God makes to belong. There's no fruit unless the fruit's connected to the branches. And there's no branches unless the branches connected to the trunk of the tree. And there's no trunk unless it's connected to the roots. And there's no roots unless it's connected to the earth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Even Jesus Christ the son of God that we call savior knew the principle. And in his humanity, he was so alone facing the cross. And he goes to the garden with his 12 closest friends, 11 at that point. One actually betrayed him at the dinner right before. And you know what he says to them? He says, please, stay up with me. Watch pray with me he knows he needs help and he's reaching out Jesus is reaching out to the people closest to his life how can we help those that won't stay connected and he reaches out to them please he says for my soul is very sorrowful even to the point of death you know what that tells me he got real with them. He got vulnerable with them. He was telling them his most inward thoughts where most of us don't even want to tell nobody because we don't trust nobody. But he's like, I got to trust somebody. I got to. I got, it's in me. I have to. It was a part of his human makeup. And he connected with them. And yes, they did let him down because it was predicted that it would happen. But the fact of the matter is, it shows us that we must all belong why, church? Because we're called to belong. And when we belong together, when we stand together, know what happens to us? We get strong. We get excited. We get filled with passion and joy. Can I be honest with y'all? I'm up here with the microphone, right? So I got to be on. You expect me to be on. If I'm off, it's going to feel like it. So no matter what I'm going through, here or here, I got to be on. It's my job. I got to be. But can I tell you something? I don't get up here and fake it. You know why? By the time I'm around some of you, and by the time I've talked to a couple people, and by the time I've got a little praise and worship in me, I'm feeling better. I feel like everything's going to be okay again. I feel connected. I feel like I'm not alone. And then I get bold. 
and I won't tell like it is. It's amazing. In my humanness, I go, I'm picking anything on. No. Let me tell you something I found with the older I've gotten. The older I've gotten, the more I realize I need people to help me. I can't do this alone. I used to think I could. I can't. And I'm thankful for God for that revelation. And I'm thankful for his church. And Lord, we're thank you, thanking you today. It is the day.